In the southern parts of Hyrule, the climate is tropical. Warm showers of rain pour down frequently, nourishing the ground cover, giving life to the vibrant jungle, and allowing the moss to grow on the old decrepit ruins that dot the landscape between the palm trees that were once proud and prospering tribe called their home. Merely whispers of them are known and sung throughout the land. Deep in the history books of Hyrule, the answer to their story lies hidden, waiting to be uncovered. Welcome to Melodies of Mystery, a sigil arts original delving into lore, mythologies, theories and myths from the realm of video games. Have you ever walked through a world, seen something mysterious, had it sparked your curiosity and left you wanting more? These fragments of lore is exactly what Melodies of Mystery intend to encapsulate. The best way to let us know how we are doing is by leaving us a review on your platform of choice. We are also available on social media. Find us on Twitter, at Melodies Mystery or join the official Melodies community on Discord. Go to www.kingseyes.life slash melodies, or click the link in the description. Now on to the story. As the storytellers and stories of Hyrule change, so too does its history. Hyrule's history is a continuously woven tapestry of events. Changes that seem inconsequential, disregarded without even a shrug, could evolve at some point to hatch new legends and, perhaps, change the tapestry of history itself. With this essential piece of Hyrule history in mind, our adventure into the wilderness of Farron Woods begins. Faron stretches a great distance from east to west, and occupies the southeastern corner of Hyrule. Its southern border is the sandy beach that extends along the coast of the Faron Sea, while the inland northern portion is a large thick jungle full of massive trees. The area is subtropical, so rainstorms are common. Departing central Hyrule, a vibrant unscathed jungle reveals itself in the distance as you step off the tarnished cobble of the Bridge of Hylia. A decrepit gateway of an ages past stands proud upon entry to the subtropical region, signifying an enclosed entry point established ages before our arrival. Myriads of obelisks in various conditions dot the landscape between the trees as the regrowing pathway cuts along. The harrowing sight of a boar's head cut from stone lies still, almost as if observing your every move as you tread further into a forgotten land riddled with history lost to time. The forest thickens, a small wooden bridge bathing in natural light gives way over a busy river, welcoming you to the jungle. It's almost as if the air thickens with a green mist before your very eyes, and all of a sudden, you will find yourself at the epicenter of an ancient civilization long lost to history. Though they are long gone, the tribe has persisted with the times. Through the melodies of musicians travelling across Hyrule, the elusive Zonai remains a mystery. 
Who even are the Zonai? At face value, the details about them are scarce, or even non-existent, much like the actual tribe. However, by looking at the architecture and ruins they left behind, comparing and contrasting with existing cultures from our own history, looking through every canon bit of information about them, and reading a bit between the lines on various game items, we can infer a great many things about them, their religion, and therefore their culture. What we can say for sure about the Zonai is that they are an ancient tribe believed to be savages and were very powerful magic wielders. They disappeared long ago, leaving behind their beliefs, their ruins and their statues now crumbling in foreign woods. Looking at and analysing these crumbling bits of history, three particular animals are recurring symbols attached to their religion. The three are boars, owls and dragons. According to Zelda lore, these animals in Zodai culture represent power, wisdom and courage respectively. Sound familiar? This mirrors Hyrule's history and mythology from 10,000 years ago, before the first calamity struck. Though the races of that time broadly worshipped their own deities, power, wisdom and courage, the three golden goddesses Din, Feror and Nehru, had their place in Hyrule of the distant and since forgotten past, kept sacred by races such as the Sheikah, but also kept us a secret by the royal family of Hyrule. While the three representations, bulls, owls and dragons, all play a part in Zonai beliefs, the most prevalent of the three is the dragon. Tales of the Zonai explain this to be a water dragon, and with an occasional gaze at the sky between Lake Floria and Lake Kalia at various points during the day, it may very well be that Farosh, servant to the Spring of Courage, is the very same water dragon, subject to worship by our extinct friends, the Zonai. Coming up, more information about the Zonai architecture and evidence to infer that Zonai and Lome are indeed the same. And now back to the story. The Zonai ruins and their influence isn't just limited to their habitat in Farron Woods. Their architecture and work is visible on several other locations around Hyrule. Most notable of these are the three Lomei Labyrinths, the Thunder Plateau and the Typhlo Ruins. The three Lomei Labyrinths all lay in different regions, one in the scorching heat of the Gerudo Desert, one in the blazing coals of the Hebra Tundra, and one on an island in the northeastern corner of the land within viewing distance of the Akala Tech Lab. While there is no clear evidence pointing towards a single purpose or the significance of these labyrinths within the game or its subsequently published material, an interesting thing of note is the actual true purpose of the labyrinths in real life. It is a spiritual journey supposed to help the ones on the way to enlightenment. What if that was the Zonai's true purpose for these daunting behemoths of construction and stonework? To serve as end goals for a Zonai pilgrimage on their way to becoming fully-fledged magic users and members of their tribe. The Thunder Plateau is an enigma in the lands of Hyrule. Bordering on the Hebrew region, sitting in the epicenter of perhaps the most tarnished area in all that remains of the Old Kingdom. So ambiguous, in fact, is this structure that there is hardly more than a sentence devoted to it in the officially written medium for Breath of the Wild creating a champion. 
However, carefully analyzing the ruined site, a lot of interesting details start to reveal themselves. Firstly, the land surrounding the plateau is all deeply tarnished and broken terrain. The heavy and continuous rain that plagued the area for generations before the arrival of the Hero of the Wild has over time seen to massive erosions of the area and taken away most, if not all, of the vegetation near the plateau. Natural erosions aside, there's also a large amount of fungi that have sprouted up in the area and south towards Ludfo's bog. These fungi are harmless to living beings, however the sizes and the quantity of them seem to suggest that the underground there is a vast network of roots from which they have all sprung. But with that it shifted the terrain dramatically in an unnaturally short amount of time, contributing to this part of the land's extremely rugged landscape. The actual plateau itself, therefore, has taken an odd exterior shape. Not a perfect circle, but circular enough and tall enough that there is no simple way of getting on top of the plateau without the Gale of the Rito champion at your back. There is, however, evidence that the plateau once has been perfectly circular, as the perimeter surrounding the shrine and the four pillars is a perfect circle. Upon more investigation, just off the plateau, two otherwise random dragon totems stand. Upon the moon revealing itself in the area, these two pillars and the moons travel in the sky, perfectly lining up with the times of 9pm and midnight in Hyrule. And occasionally at midnight, the ever sinister and equally ambiguous blood moon reveals itself and works its terrifying magic in midnight, leading us to believe the Zone knew more about the blood moon than the game and its lore has let on to this point, and that this very plateau worked as a calendar or clock in their culture and therefore also in many ways mirroring the Mayans of our own world. In the darkest corner of Hyrule, however, a short trek from the Lost Woods, in the Typhlo ruins, is potentially a secret, or a bit of history so dark, so concerning and so significant, that we will delve into it as its own topic on the next episode of Melodies of Mystery. Coming up, a deep dive into the tribe's armor and their technology. And now back to the story. An interesting suit of armor that can potentially be tied to Zonai is the Radiant Set, a black skin tight set of wearables that are crafted with crushed luminous stones depicting a skeleton that glows in the dark of night. The Zonai have been shown to make use of luminous stones previously, particularly in the eerie Typhlo ruins, north of the Korok forest. Here in the literally darkest corner of the land, among the very few light sources present, are the bright, glowing luminous stones that are set in the Zonai's owl and dragon monuments. Another such place where the use of luminous stones are prevalent in relation to the Zonai is in the deep dark caves beneath Hyrule Castle where a sinister figure adorned in Gerudo ornaments and with a striking similarity to Demon King Gandalf is kept sealed. In these caves, luminous stones, architecture and cave paintings of a similar style to Zonai culture are found in large numbers. Another such set is the Barbarian Armor. This intriguing armor and its three forms can each be found at the Lome Labyrinths, made from a combination of leather and fur, adorned with metal pads carrying symbols, its sound muffled by the gentle touch of the leather. 
Part of the garb is also wall paint, said to grant the bearer improved physical attributes, and sure enough, once equipped, the wielder's attack and stamina are augmented. What do these have to do with Zonai? Well, to start, this armor set is found in the Lomei Labyrinths. So does this mean the Zonai were barbarians? And are they and the Lomai the same? We will delve more closely into the relation of Zonai and Lomei at another time. Are they truly one and the same, or split? It is unclear why they have built these labyrinths specifically, but we believe there is evidence they were collaborating with the Sheikah. Most of their ruins led to a shrine, and in some cases, such as at the Thundra Plateau, you have to solve a puzzle that upon completion, a shrine rises out of the ground. What is interesting is that Zonai ruins surround the Sheikah shrine, which sits in the middle. There is evidence in the game that the Sheikah were not the only advanced civilization. While we know already that the Zonai were highly skilled in magic, it is possible they had technology that the Sheikah did not. The rubber armor set. While it is not clear if they borrowed it from the Sheikah, the only way you can get your hands on it is to complete tasks found in or around Zonai ruins. It is obvious in-game that rubber is not used anymore, as in the description for it reads, This armor is made from something called rubber, a material that can no longer be found in Hyrule. If you compare this to the barbarian armor, it is hard to say if the same people made these. One looks simplistic and made from animal skin, while the other is made from a high-tech substance designed to keep you safe from lightning. A point of validation here is the servant of the Spring of Courage, Farosh. While elegantly dancing along on the wind, this dragon also leaves a trail of electricity in his wake. Perhaps someone of the past adorned the rubber armor to make contact with Farosh directly, without succumbing to the mercy of the servant's electric trailings. Perhaps this further validates any claims that the Zonai and the Sheikah were working together, or if we go a step further, they were the same or of a different branch. The Sheikah are a race that have disappeared and seemingly reappeared throughout all the game's titles. If they are not included in the game, we think it is safe to assume they are just hiding and pulling the strings in the shadows. They too have a dark and mysterious past, one that is bloody and just as mysterious as the Zonai. They are the eyes for the royal family and in Breath of the Wild it is confirmed that the King of Hyrule, 10,000 years prior to the game's events, did not trust the Sheikah and ordered them to leave their technology behind and live normal lives after successfully sealing Ganon away. A large takeaway from this is that the Hyrulean royal family have some serious trust issues. This will be important to keep in mind for later on. The Sheikah also played an extremely important role in the sealing of Calamity Ganon. They were the ones who built the divine beasts and the guardians that protected the hero 10,000 years prior to Breath of the Wild. The Sheikah have been loyal to the royal family since Hyrule itself became established. Impa from Skyward Sword protected Zelda, who was the mortal form of Hylia herself from Girihim, a demon who needed her soul to properly awaken his master, Demise. So we know then that the entire history of Hyrule would be very different if the Sheikah had not intervened at certain points. In Skyward Sword, even with Link present and searching for Zelda, she would have been captured much sooner if Impa had not protected her from Girihim. Had Impa not played a role, then events would have played out much more differently, and Hyrule would never have existed. They have also played roles in key parts of Hyrule, mainly by a Sheikah called Impa, so it is very interesting as to why the royal family ordered them to leave their technology behind 
causing some to diverge and become the militia organization, the Yiga. The Sheikah's sorted history aside, where the Zonite and the Sheikah intertwine is the aforementioned Sheikah shrines that can be found in and around Zonite ruins. Were they there from the beginning? Have the Sheikah been in the ruins after the fact, planted their technology and besmirched the sacred grounds of the Zonite? Perhaps, as the storytellers of Hyrule set about giving us the next chapter of the legend, more will come to light. For now, this is where the story comes to a close today.